Okay, so we will talk about another case. It is entitled Coppel Incorporated. It is formerly known, formerly known as the KPL Aircon Incorporated versus the Makati Rotary Club Foundation Incorporated. GR number 198075, September 4, 2013. Okay, this is uh this case is an appeal from the decision dated August 19, 2011 of the Court of Appeals. Okay, so the facts about this case. This this talks about a donation. So, Feathers Couple Incorporated or FKI. So, it's Feathers Couple Incorporated din sila. So, it's FKI, manufacturer of air conditioning products. So, that is their product they manufacturing, uh, they manufacture air conditioning products. Okay, so I think you're familiar with that also. Was a registered owner of the parcel of land located at KM16 South Superhighway, Paranaque City, which is the subject land of this case. Within the subject land are buildings and other improvements dedicated to the business of FKI. In 1975, FKI bequeathed the subject land exclusive of the improvements thereon in favor of her in respondent Makati Rotary Club. So, kani, so they actually bequeath no, the subject land exclusive of the improvements thereon in favor of Kayahai Makati Rotary Club Foundation incorporated by way of conditional donation. So, it's, it's really conditional donation. The respondent accepted the donation with all of its conditions. On May 26, uh, 1975, FKI or Feathers Couple Incorporated and the respondent executed a deed of donation evidencing their consensus. The lease and the amended deed of donation. One of the conditions of the donation required the respondent to lease the subject land back to FKI under terms. So one of the conditions there, no, so, so let's talk about the conditions of the donation. Required the respondent to lease the subject land back to FKI. So usan as mga condition nga hey, ipaabang ni mo na ako balik under the terms specified in their deed of donation. With the respondent's acceptance of the donation, donation a lease agreement between them uh, between FKI and the respondent was therefore effectively incorporated in the deed of donation. So, the pertinent terms of such lease agreement as provided by the deed of the nation were as follows. The period of the lease is 25 years or until the 25th of May 2000. Okay. And the amount rent to be paid by FKI for the 25 years is 40,126 per annum. Okay, so, ka. <laughs> The deed of donation also stipulated that the lease over the subject property is renewable to another period of 25 years upon mutual agreement of FKA, FKI, uh, Feathers Couple Incorporated, and the respondent, in which case the amount of rent shall be determined in accordance with item 2 of deed of donation. The rental for the second 25 years shall be subject to the mutual agreement. In case of disagreement, the matter shall be referred to the board of three arbitrators appointed with the powers in accordance with the Arbitration Law of the Philippines, Republic Act 878. Okay, whose function shall be decided at the current fair market value of the land, excluding the improvements provided that any increase of the fair market value of the land shall not exceed 
of the original value of the land donated as stated in paragraph 2 of this deed. The rental for the second 25 years shall not exceed the 3% of the fair market value and the land excluding the improvements as determined by the board of arbitrators. So, in case they conflict, they will refer to the arbitrators. Board of three arbitrators. On October 1976, FKN and the respondent executed and amended the deed of the nation that reiterated the provisions of the deed of the nation, including those relating to the lease of the subject land. Verily, by virtue of this lease agreement contained in the deed of the nation, FKI was able to continue its possession and the use of the subject land. Okay? Two days before the lease incorporated in the deed of the nation, amended deed of the nation was set to expire. So, to, here comes the day of reckoning. Two days before the lease inc- the lease incorporated in the deed of the nation, amended deed of the nation was set to expire on May 23, uh, 2000. FKA and responded executed another contract of lease, now covering the subject land. In this 2000 lease contract, FKA and responded agreed in a new five-year lease to take effect on May 26, 2000 with annual rents ranging from 4000 for the first year up to 4000 4 million for the first year and 4 million 900000 for the fifth year okay the 2000 lease contract also contain an arbitration clause enforceable in the event parties come to disagreement about the interpretation application on execution governing law no the provision of the 2000 lease contract shall be governed, interpreted, and construed in all aspects in accordance with the laws of the Republic of the Philippines. Any disagreement, interpretation, application, execution of the 2000 lease shall be submitted to the board of three arbitrators constituted in accordance with the arbitration law of the Philippines. The decision of the majority of the arbitrators shall be binding upon FKA and respondent. And uh, the 2005 lease contract that is found here, after 2000 lease contract expired, FKA. So after 2000 lease contract expired, FKN and respondent agreed to renew their lease for another five years. This new lease, 2005 lease contract, required FKA to pay a fixed annual rent of 4,200. No, that's not 4,000. It's 4 million to ah, 4 million 200,000 in addition to paying the fixed rent. However, the 2005 lease contract also obligated FKA to pay. To make a yearly donation of money to the respondent. Oops, I don't know Such donations range from three million for the first year up to three million nine hundred in the fifth year. Notably, the two thousand lease contract contained an arbitration clause similar to that of two thousand lease contract. To it, okay, governed by the Philippines laws, and any agreement in the interpretation application will be subject to arbitration. The, the assignment and the petitioner's refusal to pay. In 2005 to 2008, FK faithfully paid the rentals and donations per June 2005 lease contract. But in June 2008, FKI sold all its rights and properties relative to its business in favor of the herein petitioner Coppel Incorporated. So Coppel na. In, on 29, August 29, 2008, FKA and petitioner executed an assignment and assumption of lease and donation, wherein FKA with conformity with the respondent formally assigned all its interests and obligations under the amended donation lease of contract in favor of petitioner. 
The following year, petitioner discount discontinued the payment of rent and donation under the 2005 lease contract. Petitioner's refusal to pay such rent emanated from its belief that the rental stipulations of 2005 lease contract, even 2000 lease contract, cannot be given effect because they violated one of the material conditions of donation of subject land as, as in the deed of donation, amended deed of donation. According to the petitioner, the deed of donation and the amended deed of donation actually established not only one but two lease agreements between FK and respondent. One lease for 25 years or from 1975, another lease for the next 25 years thereafter from 2000 to 2025. Both leases are material conditions of donation, donation of the subject land. Petitioner points out that while a definite amount of rent for the second property lease was not fixed in the deed of donation and amended deed of donation, both deeds nevertheless prescribe rules and limitations by which the same may be determined. Such rules and limitations ought to be observed in the succeeding lease agreements between the petitioner and respondent. They are in themselves material conditions of the donation of the subject land. In this connection, petitioner cites item 2 of the deed of donation and amended deed of donation that supposedly limits the amount of rent for the lease over the 25 years to only 3%. No? So it was stipulated there that 3% of the fair market value of the subject, none excluding the improvements. Okay, so this is what is stipulated there. I think we need to highlight this. No? Again, in this connection, petitioner cites 2G of the deed of the nation amend deed of the nation that supposedly limits the amount of rent. For petitioner then, the rental stipulations of both the 2000 lease contract and the 2005 lease contract cannot be enforced as they clearly, in view of their exorbitant exactions in violation of the aforementioned threshold in item 2G of the deed of the nation and amended deed of the nation. Consequently, petitioner insists that the amount of the rent it has to pay thereon and must still be governed by the limitations prescribed in the deed of the nation, amended deed of the nation. So, the demand letters. On June 1, 2009, respondents sent letter, first demand letter. The petitioner notifying the letter of its default per section 12 2005, the lease contract, and demanding the settlement of the rent and donation due to the year 2009. Respondent, the same letter further in, intimate, intimated of canceling the lease contract should the petitioner fail to settle obligations. On September 22, 2009, petitioner sent a reply responding expressing his disagreement before the rental stipulation of 2005, calling them severely disproportionate, unconscionable, and clear violations of nominal rentals mandated by the deed of donation in lieu the amount demanded by the respondent, which properly totaled to 8 million exclusive in interest. Petitioner offered to pay only 80,000 in accordance with the rental provisions of deed of donation. Respondent refused this offer. On September 25, 2009, respondents sent another letter. Demand letter to petitioner reiterating its demand for payment of obligations already due under the 2005 lease contract. The second demand letter also contained demanding petitioner immediately vacate the lease premises should it fail to pay such obligations within seven days of the receipt of the letter. Respondent warned taking legal steps in the event that the petitioner failed to comply with the said demands. Petitioner received the second demand on September 26, September 2009. Petitioner refused to comply with the demands of the respondent. 
Instead, in September 30, 2009, petitioner filed with the RTC, Paranaque, for the rescission and cancellation of the deed of donation. Okay. So, respondent was the one who sent the letter. But it was the petitioner who filed. No? He filed a a rescission or cancellation of deed of donation amended deed of donation against the respondent this case is currently pending before branch 257 of the RTC docketed a civil case CV 09039 so the ejectment suit on October 5 2009 respondent filed an unlawful detainer okay against the petitioner before the Metropolitan Trial Court of Paranaque City the ejectment case was ruffled to branch 77 was docketed uh, civil case number 2009-307. In November 2009, petitioner filed an answer with compulsory counterclaim. In it, petitioner reiterated its objection to the rental stipulations of 2005. In addition to foregoing, however, petitioner also interposed the following defenses. METC was not able to validly acquire jurisdiction over the instant unlawful detainer case in view of the insufficiency of the respondent's demand. The first demand did not contain actual demand to vacate and premises and therefore refusal to comply there which does not give rise to action of lawful detainer so there is problem with the demand. Assuming that the METC was able to acquire jurisdiction, it may not exercise the same until the disagreement between the parties is first referred to arbitration pursuant to the arbitration clause of 2005 in this contract. Assuming further that the MTC has jurisdiction, it can exercise ejectment would not lie as the 2005 lease contract is devoid ab initio. No stipulation of the 2005 lease contract for petitioner to give yearly donations. The respondent is assimilation for they are in fact parts of the rent. Such grants were only denominated as donations in the contract so that the respondent non-stock non-profit corporation could evade payment of these taxes otherwise due thereon. In due course, petitioner and respondent both submitted their position papers with their with their other documentary evidence. Remarkably, however, respondent failed to submit the second demand letter as part of their documentary evidence. Ruling of the METC, RTC, and Court of Appeals. On June 27, METC rendered judgment. So they favored the petitioner. While the METC refused to dismiss the action in ground that the dispute is subject to arbitration, it nonetheless sided with the petitioner with respect to the issues regarding the insufficiency of the respondent's demand and the nullity of the 2005 lease contract. So the METC thus disposed. Therefore, judgment is hereby rendered dismissing with pronouncement as to cause. The respondent appealed to the RTC. Okay, so they favored the petitioner and remember the petitioner here is couple okay the one who is renting renting but also at the same time the owner <laughs> so couple here okay is favored by the RTC okay the one renting and the one who is also the original owner Okay. So that was the decision of the METC. They favored couple. Okay. The respondent appealed to the RTC. So 
the the second one uh, the Respondent Makati Rotary Club Foundation Incorporated they appealed to the RTC this appeal was assigned to branch 9274 uh, the RTC Paranaque was docketed civil case number 10-0255 October 29, 2010 RTC reverse okay so the METC agreed with couple but the RTC reverse so they agreed with the Makati Rotary Club so Makati Rotary Club for the RTC and ordered the eviction of the petitioner the subject land wherefore all foregoing uh, that was the decision no uh, pay plan, plaintiff 9 million 362 after existing improvements belonging to the defendant appellee appellee there were there were uh, there were built in good faith no and shall apply okay so ruling of the RTC the respondent had adequately complied with the requirement of the demand of the jurisdictional precursor of unlawful detainer action. The first demand letter in substance contains demand for a petitioner to vacate when it mentioned that it was noticed per section 12. Moreover, in the issue of sufficiency, respondent's demand ought to have been laid the rest on second demand letter which, though not submitted in evidence, were nonetheless admitted by the petitioner as containing a demand to eject. The petitioner cannot validly invoke the arbitration clause while at the same time impugn such contracts validity even assuming that it can petitioner did not file a formal application of METC to render such arbitration clause operational so at any rate the METC would not precluded from exercising its jurisdiction over an action of unlawful detainer over which it was it has exclusive original jurisdiction in 2005 this contract must be sustained as a valid contract since petitioner was able to adduce any evidence so there was no evidence provided to, to its allegation that the same is void there was in this case no evidence the respondent is guilty of any tax evasion okay so it's reverse so aggrieved the petitioner went to the court of appeals on August 19, 2011 the court of appeals affirmed the decision of the RTC no, so they sided again with the Rotary Club Okay, so wherefore it's denied RTC of Raki is hereby affirmed. No, and now let's proceed to the ruling of the court. Okay, so the court ruled on this. Uh, in this case, independently of the merits of the case, the METC, RTC, and Court of Appeals all erred in overlooking the significance of the arbitration clause incorporated in the 2005 lease contract. As the court sees it, that is a fatal mistake. For this reason, we grant the petition. So the court actually sided with Koppel. Okay? For this reason, we grant the petition. Present dispute is arbitrable under the arbitration clause of the 2005 lease contract agreement. Going back to the case. It is discernible that the dispute between the petitioner and the respondent emanates from the rental stipulations of the 2005 lease contract. The respondent insists upon the enforced uh, upon the enforceability and validity of such stipulations, whereas petitioner, in substance, repudiates them. 
It is from the petitioner's apparent breach of the 2005 lease contract that the respondent filed the instant unlawful detainer action. One cannot escape the conclusion that under the foregoing premises, the, the dispute between the petitioner and the respondent arose from the application of the execution of the 2005 lease contract. Undoubtedly, such kinds of dispute are covered by arbitration clause of 2005 lease contract to wit. Gover ver governing law. The provisions of 2005 lease contract shall be governed, interpreted, and construed in all aspects in accordance with the laws of the Republic of the Philippines. Any disagreement as to the interpretation, application, or execution of the 2005 lease contract shall be submitted to the Board of Three Arbitrators constituted in accordance with the arbitration law of the Philippines. The decision of the majority of the arbitrators shall be binding upon couple and respondent. The arbitration clause of the 2005 lease contract stipulates that an agreement as to the interpretation or execution ought to be submitted to arbitration. To the mind of this court, such stipulation is clear and is comprehensive enough. So as to include virtually any kind of conflict or dispute that may arise from the 2005 lease contract, the one presently besets petitioner and respondent. Now why is it that you are not doing it? The application of the arbitration clause of the 2005 lease contract in this case carries with it certain legal effects. However, before discussing these legal effects, we shall first deal with the challenges posed against the application of such arbitration clause. Okay, challenges against the application of the arbitration clause in the 2005 lease contract. Curiously, despite the lucidity of the arbitration clause of the 2005 lease contract, the petitioner as well as the METC, RTC, and the Court of Appeals vouch for the non-application of the same in the instant case. A plethora of arguments was hurled in favor by bypassing the arbitration. So we now address them. At different points, the proceedings of this case, the following arguments were offered against the application of the arbitration clause of the 2005 lease contract. The disagreement between the petitioner and the respondent is non-arbitrable as it will inevitably touch upon the issue of the validity of the lease contract. It was submitted that one of the reasons offered by the petitioner in justifying the failure to pay under the 2005 lease contract was the nullity of such contract for being contrary to law and public policy. <clears throat> the Supreme Court in Gonzalez v. Climax Mining held that the validity of the contract cannot be subject to arbitra uh, arbitration proceedings as such questions are legal in nature and require the application of the interpretation of laws and jurisprudence which is necessarily a judicial function. The petitioner cannot validly invoke the arbitration clause of 2005 this contract while at the same time impugn such contract's validity. So uh, again, what we are reading here are the arguments. No? So the petitioner can validly invoke the arbitration clause and at the same time impugn the contract's validity. Even assuming that he can invoke the arbitration clause was denying the validity of the 2005 lease contract, petitioner still did not file a formal application before the METC so as to render such arbitration clause operational. Then Section 24 of RA 9285 requires the party seeking arbitration to first file a request or an application therefore with the court not later than preliminary conference. And then the petitioner responded already underwent judicial dispute resolution proceedings before the RTC. Hence, a further referral dispute to arbitration could only be circuitous 
Moreover, uh, an ejectment case in view of the summary nature already fulfills the, the prime purpose of arbitration to provide parties in conflict with an expedient method for resolution of their dispute. None of these arguments are correct. No? So all the things that I mentioned, number one, all of them are wrong no? according to the court. So the uh, disagreement is non-arbitrable because it's contrary to public policy. Wrong. Okay, validity of contract cannot be subject to arbitration proceedings. Such questions are legal in nature. Wrong. The petitioner cannot validly invoke the arbitration clause or the lease of contract while at the same time impugn such contract's validity. Wrong. Even assuming that he can invoke the arbitration clause while denying the validity of the 2005 contract, Um, did not file a formal application to the METC. Wrong. Petitioner respondent already went to judicial dispute resolution or JDR proceedings. So, therefore, it will be circuitous. Wrong. First, as I highlighted in the previous discussion, the disagreement between the petitioner and respondent falls within all encompassing terms of the arbitration clause of the 2005 lease contract. Well, it may be conceded that in the arbitration such agreement, the validity of the 2005 lease contract at least for such contracts rental stipulation would have been determined. The same would not render such disagreement as non-arbitrable. The quotation that the that uh, quotation from Gonzalez that that was used to justify the contrary position was taken out of context. A rereading of the Gonzalez would fix its relevance in this case. In Gonzalez, a complaint for arbitration was filed. Before the panel of arbitrations, arbitrators of Mines and Geosciences Bureau, seeking the nullification of the financial technical assistance agreement and other mining related agreements entered into by private companies. Grounds invoked for the nullification of such agreement include fraud and unconstitutionality. The pivotal issue that confronted the court then was whether. PAMGB has jurisdiction over the particular arbitration complaint. Stated, stated otherwise, the question was whether the complaint for arbitration raises arbitrable issues that PAMGB can take cognizance of. Gonzalez decided the issue in the negative. In holding the PAMGB was devoid of any jurisdiction to take cognizance Yes, in take cognizance of the complaint for arbitration, this court pointed out to the provisions of RA 7942 uh, on Mining Act of 1985, which granted PAMGB with exclusive original jurisdiction over mining disputes, no? requiring technical knowledge and experience of mining authorities in order to be resolved. So accordingly, since the complaint of arbitration in Gonzalez did not raise mining disputes as contemplated by RA 7942 but only issues relating to the validity of certain mining-related agreements, this court held that such complaint could not be arbitrated before PAMGP. It is in this context that we have made the a pronouncement now in discussion. Arbitration before the panel arbitrators is proper only when there is disagreement between parties as to the some, some provisions of the contract between them. Okay, So arbitration before the panel of arbitrators is proper only when there is a disagreement between the parties as to some provisions of the contract between them, which needs the interpretation and application of what particular knowledge and expertise possessed by the members of the panel. It is not proper when one of the parties repudiates 
the existence of validity of such contract or agreement on the ground of fraud or oppression as in uh, as in this case the validity of the contract cannot be subject of arbitration proceedings allegations of fraud and duress in the execution of a contract are matters within the jurisdiction of ordinary courts of law these questions are legal in nature and require the application and interpretation of laws and jurisprudence which is necessarily a judicial function so this is the the ruling of that case The court in Gonzales did not simply base its rejection of the complaint for arbitration on the ground that the issue raised therein, validity of contracts, is per se non-arbitrable. The real consideration behind the ruling was, this is the real, this is now the doctrine. The real consideration behind the ruling was the limitation that was placed by RA 7942 upon the jurisdiction of the PA as an arbitral body. So, It's, it really sums up with the limitation of jurisdiction. It's on the limitation of jurisdiction. Gonzalez rejected rejected the complaint for arbitration because the issue raised therein is that a mining dispute per I, RA 7942. No? It's not a mining dispute as per RA 7942. So the PAMGB has no jurisdiction and and it is for this reason and only for this reason that such issue is rendered non-arbitrable before the PMGB. No, so take note of that. So I think this is a very important thing. RA number 7942 clearly limited the jurisdiction of PAMGB only to mining disputes. Much more instructive for our purpose on the other hand is the recent case of Cargill Philippines versus Uh, versus San Fernando no. Regal Trading Incorporated In Cargill, the court answered the question whether issues involving rescission of the contract are arbitrable The respondent Cargill argued against arbitrali- at arbitrability also citing their in Gonzales after dissecting Gonzales, the court ruled in favor of arbitrability So if you look at it in Cargill, the court the court really Uh, answered this question no? uh, whether issues involving recession of contract are arbitrable and the court answered yes okay by dissecting the, the case of Gonzalez which was wrongly cited respondents contends that assuming the existence of the contract the arbitration clause is conceded the CA's decision declining referral of the party's dispute to arbitration is still correct Respondents contends that assuming that the existence of contract under arbitration clause is conceded, the CA's decision declining the referral of the party's dispute to arbitration is still correct. This is his argument. It claims that its complaint in the RTC presents the issue whether under the facts alleged. It is entitled to rescind the contract with damages. And the issue constitutes a judicial question or one that requires the exercise of judicial function and cannot be subject for arbitration proceeding. Respondent cites our ruling in, our, in Gonzales, wherein we held that the panel of arbitrators bereft of jurisdiction over the complaint for declaration of nullity and termination of the contracts on the grounds of fraud and oppression attendant to the execution of the addendum contract and other contracts emanating from it, and the complaint should have been filed in regular cor- courts at 
as it involves issues are judicial in nature. Such argument is misplaced. Huh? It's misplaced. And respondent cannot rely on Gonzalez Court to support its argument. Second, petitioner may still invoke arbitration clause on 2005 lease contract not despite the fact that it assails the validity of such contract. This is due to the doctrine of separability. Okay, so this is another doctrine that we have here. This is the this is the doctrine of separability. But the question is, what is the doctrine of separability? Under the doctrine of separability, the arbitration agreement is considered an independent of the main contract. Okay? Being separate contract in itself, the arbitration agreement may thus be invoked regardless of the possible nullity of the invalid invalidity of the main contract. So, let's memorize that. No? The doctrine of separability. Once again, instructive in Cargill, where in the court held that further consequence of the doctrine of separability, even if even the very party who repudiates the main contract may invoke its arbitration clause. Third, the operation of the arbitration clause in this case. So let's highlight this because this is now the issue. Okay. Is not at all defeated by the failure of the petitioner to file a formal request application. Therefore, the METC, we find the filing of the request pursuant to Section 24 of RA 95 is not the sole means by which arbitration clause may be validly invoked in a pending suit. No? So Section 24, it reads, referral to arbitration, a court which an action is brought in a matter subject matter arbitration agreement shall at least one party so request not later than the pre-trial conference or upon the request of both parties therefore refer the parties to arbitration unless it finds the arbitration agreement is null and void inoperative no? the request referred to above above provision is in turn implemented to rules 4.1 4.3 of the special rules of court on alternative dispute resolution referral to, to ADR who may make requests party pending action filed um, arbitration agreement when to make requests when the arbitration agreement exists before the action is filed the request for referral shall be made not later than the pre-trial conference after the pre-trial conference the court shall only act upon the request for referral if it is made with agreement of all parties in the case submission agreement if there is no existing arbitration agreement at the time the case is filed but the party subsequently enter to arbitration agreement they may request the court to refer to dispute to arbitration anytime during the proceedings contents of the request the request for referral shall be in the form of motion which shall state the dispute covered by arbitration agreement and apart from other submissions the movement shall attach to his motion an authentic copy of the arbitration agreement the request shall contain a notice of hearing addressed to all parties specifying the date and time it will be heard the party making the request shall serve it upon the respondent to give them opportunity to file a comment or opposition as provided in immediately succeeding rule for the hearing. Attention must be paid, however, to the salient wordings of 4.1. It reads, A party to a pending action filed in a violation of arbitration agreement may request the, the court to refer the parties to arbitration in accordance with such agreement. In using the word may, no? Tainan <laughs> In using the word may to qualify the filing request under section 24 of RA 9285, the special ADR rules clearly did not intend to limit the invocation of the arbitration agreement in a pending suit solely via such request. Uh, the words that were used is may. 
All non-compliance of the non-arbitrary is valid defense to any offering suit and as such may even be raised as answer provided in our ordinary rules of procedure. In this case, it is considered that the petitioner was able to file a separate request or arbitration before the end. However, it is equally considered that the petitioner, as early as its answer with the counter, had already apprised the MTC of the existence of the arbitration clause, no, more significantly of its desire to have the same in force in the case. This act of the petitioner is enough valid invocation of the right to arbitrate. For the fact that the petitioner responded already, uh, already, GDR proceedings were that will not make the subsequent conduct of arbitration between the parties unnecessary or circuitous. The GDR system is substantially different from the arbitration proceedings. If they are not the same, GDR is not equal to that. Okay? Take note of this doctrine. The GDR framework. The GDR framework is based on the process of mediation, conciliation, or neutral evaluation, which entails the submission of the dispute before JDR judge, who shall merely facilitate the settlement between the parties conflict make a non-binding evaluation or assessment of the chances of each party thus in JDR the JDR judge lacks the authority to render resolution of dispute that is binding upon the parties in conflict in arbitration on the other hand the dispute is submitted to arbitrators neutral third person of a group therefore thereof who shall have the authority to render a resolution so sa JDR you cannot have you know, merely facilitate settlement okay and then or make a non-binding evaluation or assessment of the chances of each party. So that's <laughs> it's only for the chances, no? Assessment lang of chances. But it has no power to provide you with a binding decision. Clearly, the mere submission of the dispute to JDR proceedings would not necessarily render the subsequent conduct of arbitration a mere surplusage. The failure of the parties in conflict to reach a amicable settlement before the JDR may in fact be supplemented by the resort to arbitration when binding resolution of the dispute would finally be achieved. This situation is precisely finds application in the case at bench. Neither would the summary nature of the judgment case be a valid reason to disregard the enforcement of the arbitration clause of the 2005 contract. Despite the summary nature of the ejectment cases, arbitration still remains as it aims not only to afford the parties' expeditious method of resolving their dispute. No? A pivotal feature of arbitration is an alternative mode of dispute resolution is that, first and foremost, a product of party autonomy of the freedom of the parties to make their own arrangements, to resolve their own disputes. Arbitration agreement manifests not only the desire of the parties and conflict expedious resolution of their dispute, they also represent the more so parties' mutual aspiration to achieve such resolution outside the judicial auspices in a more informal and less antagonistic environment under the terms of their choosing. Needless to state, this critical feature may never be satisfied in an ejectment case no matter how summary it may be. Having hoarded all the challenges against the application of the arbitration clause, the lease agreement, we shall now proceed to the discussion of the legal effects. So what is the legal effect of the application of arbitration clause? Since there really are no legal impediments to the application of the arbitration clause of the 2005 contract lease in this case, we find that the instant unlawful detainer action was instituted in violation of such clause. The law therefore should have governed the fate of the parties this suit. In RA 876 Section 7, 
stay of civil action. If any suit proceeding to the brought an issue arising out of an agreement providing for the arbitration thereof, the court in which suit or proceeding is pending upon being satisfied that the issue involved in such suit or proceeding is referable to arbitration, the stay the action or proceeding until the arbitration has been had in accordance in terms of the agreement, provided that the application to stay is not default proceeding with such arbitration. RA 9285 Referral to arbitration A court before an action is brought in a matter, a subject matter arbitration agreement shall at least one party so request or upon the request of both parties refer the parties to arbitration unless it finds the arbitration agreement is null and void inoperative, incapable of being performed. It is clear under the law that the instant unlawful detainer action should have been stayed. Taina. Okay. Supposedly, it should have been stayed. Okay. The petitioner and the respondent should have been referred to arbitration pursuant to the arbitration clause of the lease contract. The AMTC, however, did not so in violation of the law which violation was in turn affirmed by the RTC Court of, or Court of Appeals and Appeal. The violation of the METC of the clear directives of RA 876 and A2 renders invalid all proceedings. It undertook in the injectment case after finding the petition of his answer to counterclaim the point when the petitioner and respondent should have been referred to arbitration. So, sayup sila. This case must therefore be remanded to the METC and be suspended at said point. Inevitably, the decision of the METC, RTC, and the Court of, of Appeals must all be vacated and set aside. The petitioner and respondent must then be referred to arbitration pursuant to Arbitration Clause 2005 lease contract. The court is not unaware of the apparent harshness of the decision that it is about to make. Nonetheless, this court must make the same if only the stress to, to, to Stress the point no? in our jurisdiction. Bona fide arbitration agreements are recognized as valid. So, Supreme Court. And that laws, rules, and regulations do not exist. Uh, rules and regulations do exist. No? Protecting and ensuring their enforcement as a matter of state policy. Gone should be the days when courts treat otherwise valid arbitration agreements with disdain and hostility if not outright jealousy and then get away with it courts should instead learn to treat alternative means of dispute resolution as an effective partners in the administration of justice and in the case of arbitration agreements to afford them judicial restraint today this court only performs its part in upholding a once disregarded state policy so like speech in the supreme court anyway Grabe. Okay, so this court notes that on September 30, 2009, petitioner, petitioner filed with the RTC Paranaque a complaint for rescission or cancellation of the deed of donation, amended deed of donation against the respondent. So, today, no? The case is currently pending before Branch 257 of the RTC, docketed as civil case number CV09040346. The court recognized the great possibility that issues raised in civil case CV may involve matters that are rightfully arbitrable per arbitration clause of 2005 lease contract. However, since the records of the civil case are not before the court, we can never know with true certainty and can only speculate in this light. Let a copy of this decision be served to Branch 257 of the RTC Paranaque for its consideration 
and possible application to civil case CV 09346. Wherefore, <laughs> premises considered the petition is hereby granted. Accordingly, we hereby render a decision setting aside all the proceedings undertaken by the MTC Branch 77 of the Paranaque in relation to civil case 2009-307 after filing by the petitioner of its answer with counterclaim, remanding the instant case to the MTC suspended at the point after filing petitioner of its answer with counterclaim. Setting aside as following decision date, decision dated, uh, yeah, setting aside all the decisions done, referring the petitioner and the respondent to arbitration pursuant to the arbitration clause of 2005 lease contract, which is the law between the two parties repeatedly included in the 2000 lease contract and in 1976 amended deed of the nation. Let a copy of this decision serve to branch 257 of the RTC at Panayake for its consideration and possible application to the civil case. Alright. Thank you so much for listening. Again, that is the case of Couple Incorporated versus Makati Rotary Club GR number 19807 September 4, 2013. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.